Real happiness is cheap enough, yet how dearly we pay for its counterfeit. This is an anonymous quote, and it sums up what we all know already. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Unapologetically KK. My guest today is Maria Hago, wellness consultant, designer of health and happiness programs. Hello, Maria, and welcome to Unapologetically KK. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you here because wellness and happiness is something we all want to achieve in life. And I'd like to understand this uh, in more detail um, in terms of what is out there to help us. You know, what can a wellness coach or a wellness consultant do for us? Yeah, I mean, I actually believe that happiness is a human right that everybody has the, the ability to, to have and enjoy, but also has the right to, I mean, I know that there's lots of different options in our cities and in our worlds where we can access support to help us to get to the place that we need to be or that we want to be. But many, many times people don't know where to turn. So that's one of the, the fundamental things behind what I do is helping people to find their way to the support that they need in order to become the, I don't want to say a better version of themselves, but perhaps a, an enhanced version of themselves. Tell us about what a wellness coach does as compared to a health coach or a life coach. Yes, yeah, so there's so many different types of coaches. And really for me, it's about making sure that you find a person who is able to help with particular thing that you're looking for. So I don't actually personally even know that there is a specific difference between a life coach and a wellness coach and a health coach because mm -hmm. they all kind of overlap. Um, so what you need to look at is the background of the person and what are the kinds of topics that they cover. Somebody can call themselves a health coach and primarily focus on nutrition, for example. Right. Or they can call themselves a health coach and primarily focus on meditation and mindfulness. So it really depends on that person's experience. I think one of the things that we need to be a little bit cautious of mm -hmm. um, is also the, the training and the experience that a person has received. Right, um, because there are a lot of online 30-day, yes, yes. you know, be an expert <laughs> diplomas yes. available right yes. now. And while I do encourage everybody to learn and grow and develop and do the online course, you know, at, at the same time, we have to be uh, cautious that if we are volunteering to support other people, we need to know, you know, we need to have the experience uh, to do that and we need to know what we're talking about. And that, actually, that's one of the reasons why I set up my organization is because we vet all of our coaches and all of our experts and all of our facilitators to ensure that they have the, the credentials to support what they say that they do before we bring them into contact with anybody that, um, that needs the support. So if we were going to a coach, be it a health, wellness or life coach, what kind of credentials should we be looking for in terms of, is it in terms of where they've done their coaching or the number of hours that they've spent learning or, or I guess, is there an internship maybe so that you're not from day one able to, to go and handle situations that you may not be equipped to? Yeah, I mean, most um, accredited Uh, coaching programs will require you to do a certain number of hours of actual coaching before you get certified right uh, or before you can join the organization and mm -hmm. um, of course you know I'm also not one of those people that feel that you must have xyz 
Harvard education and Nordic people, because some people are naturally gifted at what they do. So as, as long as they have had the training that they say that they've had, and as long as they have the, the experience mm-hmm. to match it. So I think for me, it's really about, yes, they do have some accreditation, so they've gone through a program that is considered an accurate way to learn, let's say. Yeah. And then they've had the experience. Because I used to be a fitness trainer yes. years ago. This is a problem that I have with a lot of personal trainers. You see a lot of people who work out in the gym and, and have a really good body and, and look very muscular and well-toned. And all of a sudden, these people start to believe that I can train someone else. And that's great if you are now going to, because of your love for fitness, go and train yourself yes. um, You know, to be able to teach someone else. But to just think that, oh, because I'm good at it, I can actually teach someone else. It's, it's a huge misconception because you, teaching is not about just knowing. It's about understanding how to communicate that information to somebody else. It's about, you know, you may not have problems with, you know, your spine. You may not have problems with your, your joints, but you are training someone who could have a problem and you won't know what to do. You would yeah. give them exercises that have worked for you but may not work for them and i think that's a huge problem with with these kind of coaches who who believe that they can train everybody 100% i mean i was i was just about to say that you know coaching is not about the coach coaching is about the person that you're coaching it's the same way as as your your perfect example of a of a personal trainer or a nutritionist so somebody may have gone and lost lots of weight following a certain program they do an online course and now they're going out teaching others how to do this diet that works exactly. for them. But they're not taking into consideration that people have uh, maybe issues with some of their organs. They have different uh, constitution, different buildup, different needs. Yes. So yes, it's the same with the, the mind. Just because somebody got through depression, you know, using certain tools doesn't mean that that works for everybody. Right. So yes, having a, a qualification and also in that qualification, not only will they learn obviously how to perform coaching or how to kind of to do it, but they will also learn what they can't do and what they can't say and what they shouldn't do. So yes. that sort of ethical side of their profession, right? Um, which is really important because you must be able to, if you're, if you're dealing with, uh, if you're in a coaching session and you're dealing with somebody who's got some, um, some, some deeper issues, you mm-hmm. must be able to say stop and refer them to somebody who's able to provide the better, a better support for them. That's really crucial. Yeah, because it's a huge responsibility. Somebody yes. is coming to you and trusting you to, to know how to help them, yes. how to train them and, and make them better. And to take that lightly, I think, is, is such a disservice to, yes. to this industry. In, yes. in, you know, because I, I see that a lot of people come and say, oh, I've done this online course and I'm, an, I'm, I'm a coach. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I could go to a personal trainer, I could hurt my back. I could go to a nutritionist and I could be on a complete, you know, meat plan and I could, I could have a problem with, with my body. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could go to a life coach who's talking about a lot of serious problems I might have that I might have suppressed. And, you know, 
and instead of helping me make the situation a lot worse. A hundred percent. So how is just coming back to the, the question again is to say, what should we be looking for? Are there certifications that we should be looking for or are there memberships to certain organizations that they should be part of so that we know that, you know, they have gone through the proper training? Yes, uh, and both of those. I mean, so there are certain accredited programs, there are certain associations that they can join afterwards that obviously give the evidence that they not only have the qualification but also the experience. So both of those. And, and do your homework. You know, it's the same with you might sign up to a health coach or a fitness trainer at the gym without doing any research. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't go for dinner without asking at least five friends, have they been to that restaurant and what is it like? Airport. And that's just a meal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we need to, you need to do your homework, ask around, get referrals. Obviously keeping in mind that just because something worked for somebody else doesn't mean that it's gonna work for you unless right. the coach has the experience to deal with all kinds of different issues. Maria, you work with hotels, corporates, individuals, schools to spread health and happiness through workshops and coaching sessions. Can you tell us a little bit what, uh, about what you do with these different uh, institutions? Yes, absolutely. So this was actually one of the sort of the, the reasons why I started the, the company to begin with, because I felt that there was a real disconnect between the individuals mm -hmm. who were seeking the help and the experts that can provide it. Right. Um, so lot, most people, if they have something that doesn't feel quite right, they don't know where to turn and they yes. don't know where to go. So we try, we try to be in different places so that we can reach more people. Right. Children, coming back to them, I've got two. I just feel like they're just such happy beings, you know, when they're little and they, they just have this energy they have this this purity of thought and they are generally happy and that changes obviously as we, we mess grow them up, up. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it changes as we as we grow up it changes with life and yes. you know obviously we are we were told when we were growing up life is tough you've got to be tough you've got to know how to you know handle things don't be so naive and uh, unfortunately we are teaching that to our kids today. Yes. Um, so are we preparing our children for a tough life and therefore contributing in some way to them not being as happy as they, they were when they were kids? 100%. I mean, 100%. I mean, there's, there's no dispute um, that what we, and when I say we, it's mm -hmm. the parents, uh, the extended family, the education system, the, the, the social media or the internet, everything is programming the children to believe that they're not good enough, they have to work harder, they have to do more, they must achieve this. If they haven't done that, then that's not very good. So everything is, is programming them with all these limiting beliefs. Right. Making money is hard. Being successful takes a lot of work, you know, like all of these yes, things yes. are programming them to believe that it's going to be a real challenge out there. And if they can also be happy on top of this, it's a miracle, you know? Exactly. So it's... What worries me also is that we keep talking to them about how bad the world is. Almost, yes. it's like a self 
self-fulfilling prophecy in a way to say, oh, obviously you go out into the world thinking it's bad. You're going to react to this fictitious bad world uh, in a certain way. You're more hardened, you're less trusting, you know, you're not as open. And, and isn't that creating the problems that we are now trying to solve in ourselves as adults? Yes. Ironic, isn't it? It is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, we cannot... I mean, your thoughts become who you are. Yes. Your thoughts become how you live your life. And there's a lot of evidence out there um, with all this positive psychology and training your mind to think in a more positive way will actually manifest. I mean, even Einstein was talking about this, yes. about the, the, the law of attraction and the, the energy that we put out there is the energy that comes back to us. Yes. Um, so there's extensive research behind this. And thought patterns are absolutely one of the key elements to providing um, happiness um, yes. is positive thoughts. They say that if you manage to keep a positive thought for 45 seconds that triggers another positive thought, which then, if you hold that for 45 seconds, will trigger another one. And this is a way to help people to spiral out of negative thoughts, out yes. of depression, out of negative states of, of being, towards um, happiness and towards a, a more balanced uh, life. It's important I say balanced because it's not all about just being happy all the time or creating children that think that, the world is just a happy place and mm -hmm. all they must be is happy. That's almost putting the same sort of pressure pressure on them. Yes. Um, but it's about being balanced and it's about teaching children to be, to feel themselves, their truth. You know, who are they? What do they feel today? Yeah. You know, we tell our children to, to smile and to stop sulking, don't cry and stand up straight and, you know, Yes. Perform, essentially. Yes. And yes, there's a time and place for that, of course. You know, we need to, we have, you can't go into a meeting and start crying because of something that upset you earlier. You know, you need to, to, to be, be able to function in our societies and in work and so on. You obviously need to be able to, right. to perform, you know, in certain, uh, at certain times. But it's about when you leave that scene, you know, are you able to feel who you are are you able to feel what you feel are you able to then work with that do mm -hmm. we provide our children with any tools yes. to cope with um you know their emotions their mental states and i would argue that not very much i i totally agree um because i found that as my daughter was growing up she is somebody who is just predisposed to being a happy person. She, she wakes up every morning and says, it's going to be an amazing day. I love my friends. I love my school, you know. And rather than tell her that, no, you know, you shouldn't be like that. Don't laugh too much. Don't do this. I started to kind of look at her and say, I wish I was more like that. I wish I would wake up every morning and say, it's an amazing day. I love everything around me. I mean, you know, most of the time you get up and you're like, oh God, one more day, another day. And to shift, you know, from that way of thinking, it's, it's not something physical. It's literally just changing your perspective, changing the way you look at things. Because when you change the way you look at things, somehow the things change. Absolutely. It's not a coincidence. 
And maybe she is here to teach you that. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally believe that she is an old soul here to teach me a lot more than I can teach her. That's for sure. Yes. I mean, children come along and um, have lots of influences if we allow them on our, on our lives. But um, it's about allowing yourself to, to fully be and allowing the children to fully be. Yes, we need to teach them manners and we need to teach them, you know, sure. that they have to be on time and they have to finish their homework and, you know, things that will set them up for success in the way that we have shaped our society to be today in order to get a job and in order to, yes. to, to do well. But we should also give them the options that they have to choose their path and they have to find their way. It's like if, if we, you know, if you, if you become a doctor because your parents tell you to, you're not going to be as successful most likely as yes. if you became that artist that you always wanted to be. Yes. And you're going to live a happier, healthier life for it. So it's about allowing our children to, to find their, give them opportunities to explore and then allow them to develop the way that they want to. I totally agree. I think for parents, it's the balance between guiding your children and also allowing them to be who they want to be. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of parents sometimes feel the the necessity to to think for their children because they somehow feel that we know better, we know the world better, we know what's best for our kids. And it's somehow that they don't even take the children into consideration. It's not important what you think. It's not important what you feel. It's not important what you want. I know Because best. I know, yes. absolutely, yeah. I know. And I think obviously um, things are changing. Yes. But I still hear a lot of stories where, you know, very educated people still talk about the pressure that they've had from their parents mm -hmm. to, to be a certain way. You know, my parent wanted me to be a, uh, a doctor and I became a musician. My parent wanted me to be a, a pharmacist and I became an author. And these are people, even though you break the norm and you kind of have that strength to, to, to be who you want to be, there is still something that uh, some level of sadness within mm. you that always feels that I guess the people who created you never understood you. Mm. And that's something that you carry with you for, for the rest of your life. Yeah, yes, 100%. But I do believe that like pre emotions that we carry from our past is a choice. So a memory or, 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 or something like that, it's tied to an emotion that we choose to experience over that memory. Mm -hmm. So you can change that. So you, with different tools, meditation, mindfulness, just becoming more aware of yourself, positive psychology, coaching, you can change how you perceive the emotion that's tied to that memory. Right. And therefore you can change the way that you feel about life. You can change your past, essentially. You know, you can reprogram yourself to just choose not to hold on to those negative emotions about how your parents didn't agree with who you wanted to be, but you can instead focus on, you know, that the, the love that they gave you and have that as the, the, the memory. And you can, you can choose to see, for example, that the memory of them pushing you towards something else was mm -hmm. actually what drove you to become this brilliant author that you now are today. So gratitude. <laughs> Yes, instead of a negative yes. memory, can be chosen. So it's all about how, it's all about the emotion that we connect with that memory and that can be changed. I agree, that's a very interesting perspective. And I think that while we were talking before we started recording is that you need to go out and get help. 
if you are dealing with these issues, because these are deep set issues that sometimes manifest itself in different ways. Mm. And on the outside, you are living this perfect life where everything is okay. You're doing well financially. You know, you're in a good relationship. You have friends and family around you, but something feels unbalanced. Something feels you know, that you're not able to cope with and you can't put a finger on it. And I feel like, you know, going to somebody who can help you through this and show you that perspective is is a great thing you can do for yourself. I think asking for help and receiving that help and being open and, and strong enough to go out there and say, you know, I want to fix this. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be something that feels wrong. Mm-hmm. You could just, you know, like Michael Jordan wasn't, not having a coach just because he was talented at what he was doing or you know you can take anybody who's had success in their life you know they've all Lady Gaga doesn't practice doesn't not practice or have a coach to teach her how to develop her voice just because she knows how to sing already right so it's with in life if you want to if you want to grow and develop and and sort of fine-tune yourself or even bring out what it is that drives you what your passion your you know if you want to develop yourself right you know having somebody to to help to support you is the best possible way it makes so much sense and it doesn't necessarily have to be about something negative yes it could just be oh you know i i think i quite enjoy public speaking actually i'm gonna get a coach to teach me how to become a better exactly polish me yes and then you're you know you, that brings sort of happiness because you're succeeding and and actually going back to the education point i think sometimes we 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 force our children to focus on the things that they're not good at yes you know i agree they're not good at maths let's say specifically in this year so we make them do lots of maths practice and yes of course there's a there's a point also to to practice things that we're not good at to get better but we should really pay most attention to the things that they are good at yes and that should be there because that's obviously you know where their their purpose lies potentially this is maybe where their path is so allowing them to to become that and it's the same with with adults you know focus on the things that you're good at get someone to help you to develop that further yes. and then become a better version of yourself of course if you have um some trauma or some negative emotions or something, as you say, that you can't just you know, quite put your finger on, by all means, seek somebody out to help you to identify that. Because once you've identified it, you can let it go. You can recreate the emotion that you tie to that memory, as we discussed earlier. But it's a, sometimes it's about identifying it and right. somebody else can, can help you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and I have... Uh, benefited from that Mm. as well you know where when your perspective changes you just think oh my god everything is exactly the same it's just the way I look at it that's changed and and it is um, it opens so many more possibilities for you so many things that are holding you back now just seem like nothing like you can't even go back and remember why you you made such a big thing out of these small little issues in your life. And, and I feel like going and getting that kind of help, going to a coach who can help you through just understanding what you're going through in life. Because mm. I think, you know, when I have done my coaching, uh, when I've been to a coach rather, um, there are things that have come up that I wasn't even aware of on a conscious level. Uh, but obviously my subconscious is hold, uh, held on to those things. Right. And uh, 
getting rid of them. Yeah. Somehow, um, even though they're not an issue in my life right now, but just getting rid of that baggage, it's like you're carrying this excess baggage that you didn't even know. Right. And all of a sudden you've emptied this bag yeah. and you're like, I only need two things in there. And, you yeah. know, you just feel like, wow, that's great. I can move on. I can do so much more. I can occupy that time that I was wasting on thinking about things that were so unimportant to me. Yeah. And it can on, be very second, instant. The change is instant. Very. Once you identify it, it's, that's it. It's yeah. done. It's like those puzzles, right? Where they tell you, can you see these two different things? Mm, yes. And then when you focus on it and once you see it, you cannot unsee it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to do something today that is pretty new for, for the show, which is talk about fact or myth. I'm just going to throw okay. a few uh, stats at you and please tell us in your opinion and your experience, whether these are facts or these are myths. All right. Let's All right. Start. So... We're going to talk about happiness in particular, and uh, here goes. Six or more hours of socializing in a day uh, promotes happiness. I mean, I would, I would agree with it, whether it's six or more hours, I'm not sure, but I, I, there's definitely a lot of evidence, and I have seen it in, in myself in my experience, where loneliness is one of the biggest uh, factors of mental health disorders, depression, just feeling blocked, not being confident, you know, being lacking confidence and all these different factors that contribute to our happiness. So, yes, I would definitely agree that a social network and socializing is very important. So that's a fact. That's okay. a fact. Um, okay, so with regards to relationships, and this is, this is to do with couples who are married, there is a ratio of five is to one for good exchanges to bad exchanges. So you have one bad exchange for every five good ones you have, which is an average. And these are the couples who stay together. Yeah, I mean, yes, I would totally agree that obviously the more positive interactions you have in any relationship, the stronger the relationship be becomes. Mm -hmm. um, it's like going back to that sort of um, the emotional bank account and crediting your emotional bank account before you make any withdrawals, yeah. uh, which make total sense. You know, whether you have to have five positive interactions or you're going to get divorced, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this but, is the average, the yeah. ratio, but it kind of sounds right is what yeah. you're saying. Yes, and I think it's a nice thing to focus on. The happiest ages in our lifetime is 33, 55 and after you're 70. Oh, well, the good thing is that two are still to come. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I find I think it's kind of dangerous to put a... A specific number on happiness because I think happiness is a state of mind that you can achieve at any age and at any point in your life so I think I'd prefer to not think of it as at a specific age or specific stage in life no it it should be on a daily basis at any age it should any be accessible age, yeah. to all yes. so that's a myth guys yes there is no particular age to be happy you can be happy now <laughs> exactly. right now there is only now actually exactly <laughs> Uh, each person has a genetic set point for happiness, which is based on their genes, behavior, and their life circumstances. Yeah, I mean, there's, I know, I've read lots of research as well, and yes, I, there probably is a link between people that are having an easier time finding positivity and finding positive things to, to, to look at. But I don't believe that 
because you are not born in a certain way. I believe that a lot of how we develop is is comes from external factors. Yes. So I, yes, of course, we have genes, we have um, DNA that programs us in certain ways. But I actually think that the biggest impact is what comes from the outside. Uh, and how we sort of train ourselves to to be mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, and so on. So I believe that any anybody could be wh- whoever they want or whatever they want to, to be yeah. uh, with the right tools. But do you feel that, let's say, uh, children who've had tough childhood, who have gone through things that like poverty or hunger or or you know being raised without parents? uh are more likely to be unhappy or is it it doesn't matter having a loving home having an amazing childhood still doesn't protect you from being unhappy i would say yes and no i mean i've seen many examples of people who have grown up in absolute perfect in quotation marks childhoods and parental support but have still had certain struggles in their lives emotionally and mentally and, sure. and so on. So I don't know that necessarily, of course, having a nurturing um, upbringing or a nurturing surrounding, whether that comes from your parents or from anybody in your vicinity mm-hmm. um, that's providing you with love and support, this is essential for any being to flourish. Right. So yes, whether you've had it or not, does it mean that you are forever set in that way? I don't believe that. I believe that anything can be changed, anything can be altered with the right tools. Perhaps if you've had a really real struggle, maybe you need more tools and maybe you need uh, more support in order to make the change. But maybe you also look for it more, so you automatically find it more. Right. Whereas if you've grown up with everything and maybe there's a sense of guilt around that, so then maybe that's what you're looking for, the negative, the suffering, because you've had it so so yes. good so there's really i yes i'm sure that there's scientific studies that you can do to show that if you have um love and support and nurturing your brain develops in a certain way and you have you're more likely to have an easier time to achieve balance and happiness yeah but that doesn't mean that you know regardless of what your circumstances were before anything can be altered and this goes back to the point i was making earlier with the right tools and the right education or the right information you can learn to disassociate not disassociate but you can learn to change the emotions that you have to any previous experience and therefore you can develop happiness uh, quite easily with the right tools so what you're saying is happiness is a learned behavior we can train ourselves to look at the brighter side at any time in our in our lives we can kind of we don't have to accept uh, misery yes. uh, to be part of our life we can make those changes and say you know no matter what i have had in my past i can i can create a better future 100% so this brings me to a really really good question that i have been wanting to to know about and research so maybe you can help me okay. with this how is it possible to turn our homes into a spa because when you walk into a spa you immediately feel tranquil it's the smell it's the lighting so is there a secret to that is there a special lighting is there something that you have to do to create that i mean is it a spa secret well <laughs> you know what i actually think it is i mean it's probably a, a, a mix of all those things like the scent the light the music but it's probably also a lot to do with the anticipation that you're building up 
because、mm-hmm. you're you're going to the spa, so you've already envisioned that you're going to step into this tranquil oasis, and those are all the definitions that you've chosen to associate with the spa experience. Right. So by the time you walk in, that you've taken the time out, you're about to spend some money. So you you know you don't want to let yourself you down. You want you to want have a good to, time. Yes, exactly. You want to be relaxed. You want to feel. De-stress. So automatically, when you open that door and the scent hits you, you're like, "Yes, this is the anticipation being realized."、Yeah. So you could do the same for your home. You can decide that your home is a tranquil space of relaxation and nurturing and love and all those kind of things.、Mm-hmm. And of course, you can add some scents and and the lighting that you prefer. Create the mood. Create the mood, but、right. build the anticipation. See, I can't wait to get home because my home is like a spa. It's a tranquil retreat. It's an oasis of uh, of uh, stress relief and support, or whatever it is that yeah, yeah. makes you feel good. So before you walk through that door, you've already envisioned yourself walking into your haven, and then. But are there certain smells that trigger that? And because when you a spa has a certain smell, and I know they use like lemon or lemongrass or lavender. There's something. Is there a special secret concoction that kind of puts you in that tranquil state? I know you want to want to feel it, but. It does have a feeling of its own. I mean, obviously there are good spas and there are bad spas, and there are the ones who do it really well. It's not just the treatment; it's from the minute you enter the space、yeah. that completely makes you feel. I've walked into this quiet haven that's going to allow me to relax for the next hour. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's there's、uh, lots of things that affect us、uh, on a cellular level: color, sound, scents. So being able to use those in the right way, of course, will will create a, an impact on us.、Mm-hmm. For example, maybe you set up a room in your house or a corner in your house. You burn your your favorite scent candle、yes. or an incense, and maybe you have the wall painted in a certain color to make you feel relaxed. At the end of the day, everybody's different, and and everybody needs different things at different times. So if we're looking to relax, yes, we can put lavender or chamomile or something like this, which will have a relaxing effect. But I always like to take it a bit further and and say, okay, so what is it that's causing the the stress, and then what is then the antidote to that? Because it may be you you might be stressed because you haven't slept properly,、mm. so then you need a, a different scent to help you sleep, or you might be stressed because you you're anxious about something, so then you need You feel stuck, so maybe then you need something to release that. Yes. Maybe it's、uh, orange to make you feel more creative, or、uh, yes. so there's different things for different、uh, states of mind. So, but I think at the end of the day, if you want to create a haven at home,、um, choose colors that you respond to, choose、mm-hmm. scents that you respond to, choose sounds that you respond to. Yes.、Um, and then build the anticipation. You know, don't go home thinking. Oh, I've got to do laundry, and I've got to empty the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, that would kill the vibe <laughs> yeah, for sure, kill, right? <laughs> and that's what we often do. Oh,、yes. when I get home, I must do this. No, go home with the anticipation that you are entering into your haven of your retreat. Yeah, and you're taking a few hours to just. Relax and be calibrate. yourself again. Calibrate. That's、Absolutely. a great word. Yeah.、But、talking about calibration, you have something that's called a love tuner. Yeah. It's something that you are bringing <laughs> to the UAE. 
with your company and tell us something about it. Yeah, so the Love Tuner is an amazing tool that I discovered. It comes from, from the US, from California, from Malibu. Um, and it was created by um, these two partners. One is a, a sound healer and the other one is a, is a creative. Um, and it's basically a wearable meditation tool. Mm -hmm. um, and you wear it like a necklace. Uh, right. It looks quite nice too. It's quite funky uh, in the design. Um, but it, and it's attuned to 528 hertz which is also called the love frequency. Right. And this is a vibration. It's a vibration. Yes, it's a sound healing tool. Right. Like a gong or like a, yes. the chimes or this kind of, uh, of instrument. Right. But you wear it and you can, so that you can access it at any time. So you don't need to go to that gong meditation Tuesday at 8 o'clock, but you can actually do it in your car or in your office or in your bedroom before going to sleep. Right. And you basically just use it as a flute. So you blow into it and this produces the sound. At the same time as us focusing on the sound, it also allows us to slow down our breath, to take deeper breaths, to exhale more slowly as we are producing the, the tone right. for as long as possible. Yeah. So it helps to reduce our stress levels. It, it helps to um, kind of trigger our parasympathetic nervous system that helps us to relax and cope with, with stress and the challenges in life. And it's, it's the reason why I love it so much is because in my work, I get so many people that say, oh, I wish I could meditate. I don't know yes. how to meditate. I don't know how to start. I don't know where to go. And this is actually all they need to start because it allows them to just... People think that they have to sit and think about nothing right. <laughs> for 20 yes. minutes and it's impossible. Yes. Or that they have to go to that class, which they can never make it in time for. Yes. So this allows them to just sit down, close your eyes, blow on the love tuner 10 to 20 times, however much time you have. Yeah. Um, and that takes you into an instant uh, mindfulness experience or meditation experience just by doing that. So and you have one with you right I now. I do, yes. Yeah. I can actually we hear it? do a quick uh, love tuning for yes, you. Yes, <laughs> please do. Okay, here we go. So yeah, so it's a wow. very soothing uh, sound. Yes. Um, and it's actually, if you do them together, so I sometimes do it with my husband together, um, and it, it's almost like one plus one is three, so they, they, they sort multiplies. of... It Exactly. Yes. They find the resonance in each other, in the, yes. in, the, in the tones or in the tune, and it just sort of lifts it up. So we will actually be running some group sessions here. We can come along and experience it as a group because that's really powerful. That's amazing. Um, Tell us where we can find you, an Instagram handle, Facebook. Yeah, so my Instagram is just Little Miss Wellness, um, and my website is littlemisswellness.net, um, which is where you can also buy the, the Love Tuner. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first, the Love Tuner. Yes. Thank you so much for talking to us. And, you know, happiness is something we're all interested in, in knowing more about. And we want to know as many people who can help us get to that state. So thank you for, for talking to us and telling us everything we needed to know about it and also being available for, for people to come to when yes. they need it. Oh, it's my pleasure and it's my purpose. So it all feels great. And thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure. And there you have it. 
Happiness doesn't have a time, a place, an age. It's within you and it's now. So go out and find your happiness. This is Kanchan Kulkarni saying goodbye for now and speak to you again soon.